0: Hello friends and strangers, welcome back to Wisdom Weavers. I have waited a long time to do this episode and I am so excited to have it edited and out to all of you now. I'm really excited to see how this spreads and what people have to say. This one is very unique. So I by chance came across this book which seems to be picking up momentum within the mountains and valleys of the spiritual communities, for lack of a better term. I read it, probably in like two days because I couldn't put it down. It's called The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. And it's by a woman named Marguerite Regalioso, who is a PhD, academic and professor, but also an intuitive and honestly just a wise woman. After I read the book and basically told so many people I know that they should check it out, I then reached out to Marguerite and I was so happy she was able to record this podcast with me. It may seem like this episode is feminine-driven, but I can assure you, it's not. It's for everyone, man and woman. The Mystery traditions are for everyone. Just so you know, if you can already guess by the title of her book, that this book and this conversation is about miraculous conception, as coined by Marguerite, divine conception and divine birth. Not as a fairy tale, folk tale, but as truth. As a real thing that has existed and still does. Yes. And many hardwired modern minds will say, what are you talking about? What is that? That doesn't sound real. Well, if that's you, I get it. I just ask that you relax and listen. Enjoy it. Nobody is preaching fact here. We are just gathering data and insight, intuition, memory, and grounded speculation. Just take what resonates with you and uh, leave behind what doesn't. Just enjoy this conversation because it's not one that's being had very often. Well, maybe now, more so thanks to Marguerite and fair warning. We're going deep into the mysteries in this podcast. We're not watering it down for anyone. Maybe this is the first time you've heard of the mysteries or mystery traditions and you're like, what is that? So just listen with an open mind. My only wish is that the subject of this conversation sparks something in you. Maybe a feeling of remembrance or or just a feeling of interest? If not, maybe just a little bit of curiosity. If it does spark something in you, I urge you to investigate further on your own. Let your intuition guide you to the right material and the right people. So, without further ado, Marguerite Regaglioso, PhD, is the foremost authority on the history of virgin birth and the author of the bold new book, The Mystery Traditions of Miraculous Conception, Mary and the Lineage of Virgin Births. Marguerite taught many graduate and undergraduate courses in the US and UK, and in 2012 founded her own Seven Sisters Mystery School, through which she's been teaching about the sacred feminine and mentoring clients on the evolutionary path, spiritual path. She is also the author of Virgin Mother, Goddesses of Antiquity, and The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece. All of her links to her books, her website, her offerings, social media, they're in the show notes, so please do check those out. Well, good morning or good evening, wherever you are, and I so hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Wow, okay, so I read your book. I recommended it to many of my friends. I'm in the birth world as well as a doula, so I was sending this to a lot of my friends. Um, It's called Mystery Traditions of Miraculous Conception, Mary, and the Lineage of Virgin Birth. Not only do I love what you brought forward in this book, it seems new to a lot of people but it's actually a very ancient concept I think you're bringing like it sounds edgy and new but it's actually the most forgotten ancient thing ever so but I love also your academic background and also your intuitive like wise woman feminine approach it weaves together so beautifully that a lot of people could talk about the same subject but I think you bringing it forth and with your particular background is really just amazing it's so well put together um so maybe you could just start by telling us a little bit about what drew you in to this to writing this book yeah what led you to to writing this book and what what exactly is it about a little bit for people
1: Great. Th- first of all, thank you so much, Felicia, for having me and also for your interest and your kind words about the book. Yes, it is uh, basically the foundation of <laughs> one major religion I can think of, as well as a few others. Um, you always have these divine birth stories as the foundations of Christianity, of Judaism, of um even Hinduism, Zoroastrianism, um, various Native American uh, traditions and so forth, but it's always obscured or people don't really know what to make of it, so they kind of just accept it on blind faith and then look the other way, or they don't accept it at all and and reject it and just therefore reject all of spirituality (laughs) along with it, you know, Mm -hmm. so the book, The Mystery Tradition of Miraculous Conception is really kind of a consolidation of my work thus far for the past, gosh, I mean, since, since really I started getting these downpours that divine birth was a real thing back in 2001, uh, I've, I've started doing this work. I wrote my dissertation on divine birth in ancient Greece. And then I've been teaching You know, since then, since that dissertation came out in 2007, which led to my first two books, The Cult of Divine Birth in Ancient Greece, Mm -hmm. and then the next one, um, Virgin Mother Goddesses of Antiquity. So I was, you know, I've been teaching on this for a while. All the while, I was teaching about Mother Mary and how she relates to this, what I call, you know, a mystery tradition uh, across the entire world of divine birth as a holy practice of Mm -hmm. women. So in this new book, I kind of give a summary of that earlier work that was presented in a much more academic way in those first two books. It's easily digestible, you get all the backgrounder, and then I go into how this relates to Mother Mary and what I can say about Mother Mary based on what I know from the ancient Greek tradition. And I apply it to her suppressed gospel, which is known as the Infancy Gospel of James, which talks about her divine birth from her mother Anne, her infancy, her childhood, and her adolescence being brought up as a holy virgin in the Hebrew temple in order to be able to conceive an avatar. So the idea here is that this practice of divine birth was carried on by the most holy women in order to bring in a high level being to the planet that was thought not to be able to come in through the ordinary means um, so that this being could help the planet advance, Mm -hmm. help the planet heal. So we have, you know, Jesus, but there are many, many other individuals who are named as being divinely born, including again, Mother Mary herself, who bring in huge, huge gifts to humanity and help us sort of upgrade ourselves every once in a while. So that's what the book is about basically. And did you wanna want me to talk about kind of how I got into
0: it? Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, okay. So um, back in 2001, which is when I was finishing my master's degree at the California Institute of Integral Studies, I was in the midst of doing research on my thesis which was on Demeter and Persephone, the Mm mother-daughter goddesses in, in, in Italy and Sicily. And as I was reading this one book about Demeter and Persephone by this woman named Anna Maria Corradini in Sicily, her book called Meteres, meaning mothers, she started talking about Demeter and Persephone in a way that she basically said, The birth of Persephone from Demeter was really parthenogenetic, meaning that it was a virgin birth, Mm -hmm. that at its core, this birth had nothing to do with Zeus impregnating Demeter and, you know, any of that type of stuff. And somehow the way she was talking about this, I went into this mystical state. She was talking about ancient matriarchy. She was talking about ancient parthenogenesis or divine birth. And I suddenly had this downpour. Um, It it was kind of an open state of consciousness feeling where I said, oh, my gosh, virgin birth was real.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And women were doing this across the ancient Mediterranean world and maybe beyond. Mm -hmm. And that hypothesis started me out looking at the ancient Greek material, because originally I was simply going to do a dissertation on priestesses of ancient Greece like a whole catalog of what they were up to, what was said about them. And when I started going into all that research with this hypothesis in mind, lo and behold, I started finding all of these references that if you knew how to see what you were looking at, you'd understand this is talking about these girls and these women conceiving in non-ordinary fashion. You have it in some of the histories some of the legends, and some of the myths, all of which I think is history. Right. And so when I started looking at it from that perspective, I found literally truckloads of information. And that's what went into my first two books. And then of course, on the heels of that, I understood how Mother Mary fits into the whole context of this kind of sacred activity on the planet, because I also found that it was going on in many, many other traditions around the world.
0: Right. And it seems like every sort of Cosmo vision or every um Genesis story from every culture has this Trinity of this divine birth happening right. and and the sun and you know, you know, I always hear that in every holy body of text there's the body of the text, which is what most people are seeing when they look at, for example, the Bible, which I think has been perverted over the years, for sure. But I'm sure it was holy at some point. And you have the body of the text, which is its literal meaning. And that's what every I'd say 97% of the world is looking at. And then you have the soul and the spirit of the text. And that's for people with eyes to see what it's that's really right. saying. That's right. And I it's- loved in your book, when you spoke about the weaving of the thread, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's you were getting into the spirit, the the soul of that text, not like this you could maybe she literally was also making some tapestry, too, but there was something
1: that's right. That's much right. You deeper to, going on. You have to read the secret, hidden meanings behind the words and the symbols to understand that an actual process was happening. And yes, what you're describing is that at the moment of Mary's conception of Jesus, she is said to be weaving mm-hmm. at her loom. But this reference to the ancient weavers of the Hebrew temple is really talking about a much different type of weaving, and it has to do with tantra, which uh-huh. I think the translation as to weave together.
0: Right. It
1: was it was using um, sexual energies, uh, consciousness that interfaces with the body and the quantum field, to bring in certain types of beings to the planet.
0: Mm-hmm. And one thing that it seemed like, cause I, did you also cover a bit of the story of, uh, the foremother, Sarah, Yes. And Abraham. So, so Sarah's story. And also I think with Mary as well, there seemed to be whatever was happening historically at this time. And this, this, this tradition had to go underground and it had to be secret. Wow. But what I'm feeling now is that these mystery traditions are there for for people with eyes to see they can come back that's they're, right they're probably,
1: yeah they've probably they've never gone away i mean i lately have started receiving that probably somewhere maybe in more than one location there is an unbroken lineage of divine birth
0: yeah and, and also
1: are so far underground that You're not going to hear from them until things get really, really safe on the planet. But I honor them. I bless them. And there have been other women who have had experiences of divine birth who are more public, but their children have sometimes not made it past three years old because of the energies. So, you know, the deeper underground current would know this and would not make anything revealed at all. But I say hello to these women. Mm-hmm. I bow to you, I honor you, and I pray that you know we can move into a new era where you can bring your gifts back up and then teach other women how to do this, which affects not only those who wanna bring in the supreme high avatars, but all women who want to bring in children to do it in a much more conscious way so that we are more clear about what souls we are bringing to this planet.
0: Exactly, and I think this all comes down to karma because we have so many people being recycled into this world through the same story over and over again. And I think it's really in the power of women. I mean, first you have to uh work on yourself to get to that point but for sure these these traditions these ancient mystery schools i mean i feel they exist within um and maybe they'll come out and they'll be societal like they may have used to be in ancient egypt um but yeah so what from your perspective is the feminine mysteries because you are you're somebody who i feel is really bringing this back out to the consciousness of the collective. And I think it's so important. So what are the feminine mysteries in your in your from your perspective?
1: I think they have to do with many different um, aspects. One of course is reproductive, sexual, tantric, you know, the, the energies of eroticism. The energies of creativity the energies of sensuality and sexuality the energies of the holy womb Mm -hmm. okay anything having to do with that on its most spiritual esoteric mystery-filled awe-inspiring levels is the feminine mysteries but there are also feminine mysteries that have to do with basically every chakra there's the feminine mysteries of the heart which you know mother mary i think was someone who had the mysteries going on every chakra Mm -hmm. of her body
0: yeah
1: and uh but there are the mysteries of of will you know manifestation through will which would be the third chakra um the mysteries of the throat the voice transmissions right the mysteries of the third eye and the crown seeing and knowing and being one with universal creator mind. Right. And, and then there can be combinations of these things like the divine birth priestesses were also Oracle priestesses. So they had their womb and their third eye really connected probably also with their hearts as well, because it's a tremendous act of love to be able to conceive within your own body without male sperm. So, you know, there, there are many different levels to what, what the sacred feminine mysteries are. And I would Mm -hmm. just basically start with that and leave it to people to have their minds open with that, their imaginations open with that. Many people listening probably already have their own sense of it, but if not, just even hearing these words will just open them to start receiving information directly.
0: Mm -hmm. And I know um, in certain traditions that are still very much practiced today, but I think the people practicing them are not, you know, out and about talking about it. Um, But I know, actually, people who have conceived alchemically, which is, well, it did involve a sperm, but just one single one. So there's, maybe we can talk a little bit about these levels of conception, because I know there's many different levels, and you speak a bit about this. And of course, there's this level that we talk about that's, like, really hard for the modern human mind to get their mind around, which is the parthenogenic. But it seems there's also, like... Um, when two partners work in a uh, alchemical marriage and like at will, just one spur, there's like no uh force going downward, just one is released. and but maybe you can talk about maybe the different levels of um divine conception.
1: Right. Oh, that is so cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought of that kind of thing, but what what I've thought of is, it's birthing, um, sacred birthing is a continuum from parthenogenesis or virgin birth on one end and high tantra on the other, right? Mm -hmm. Where the couples, uh, you know, in the high tantra, this is supposedly perhaps, um, well, there, there are different types and stages of divine birth leading all the way to Tantra, okay. So it's first virgin birth, Parthenogenesis, the woman becomes the androgyne and conceives of her own accord by becoming essentially one with the universal creator goddess, and she conceives. Mm -hmm. There's a later phase where the priestesses become sexually active with disembodied male beings. So it's still a kind of a virgin birth, but there's an interdimensional sexual relating that's happening. Then there's another stage of that where there's the priestess engages with a priest who embodies the God, but he is in physicality and they have um, a sexual relating. Mm -hmm. There's sort of an intermediary stage between those two where this is the Isis mystery, Mm -hmm. where she works with an artificial phallus, and she works with the energy of the male that's on the other side of the veil, in this case, Osiris, but she conceives. So Mm -hmm. it's partly physical, partly non-corporeal, all right, and the the sacred phallus is, is used as the dildo to instigate that Um, conception within herself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then there's the queen again, as I said, the queen with the king or the priest. And then there's, um, you know, there's Tantra between two willing, very high level partners that can also bring in what's called a divine child. This is not necessarily in a Royal context, like I had just been describing but this is something that is open to pretty much everyone. And that is being revealed by the holy womb chakra teachings that have come through Sri Kaleshwar and the Divine Mother Center, where he has gathered a lot of manuscripts that provide this information written on ancient palm leaves that he collected and then taught about. Teachings of which he says go back to the Sapta Rishis, the holy Rishis that actually received their information from mother divine. So there's, you know, various different types. And then, and so for for that human couple to have a divine child, it it involves a two part mantra process where they're chanting Mm -hmm. one mantra during the sexual act. And then the woman is chanting another mantra after the conception and so forth. Mm -hmm. There are probably many, many other types of magics um, that can go on. Unfortunately, negative as well as positive, which is another thing that we need to look at. Yes. And I think the world has been riddled with that. Riddled, you know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look at it now. You can see it. That's right. It, it kind of came through, um, you know, there are certain so-called magicians and so forth who <laughs> whose names are known. um, are <laughs> teaching questionable types of conception rights. And then of course, there's probably the hidden secretive, um, very high level Illuminati types of rites that go mm-hmm. on this that um, may still be connected with the royal families I don't know, but mm-hmm. somewhere, some al- somewhere along the lines, uh, that's going on to bring in the negative avatar, right? the inverted, the inverted avatar, okay? Right. So lots of different types of things going on. Just as there are lots of ways that a couple can engage in sexual union or sensual union, um, you know, there are these varieties of conception rituals. Right. And I think, you know,
0: the way in which we approach our sexual energy, which is so connected to the astral dimension and many other dimensions. Whether you believe in it or not, I mean, to me it's a it's a fact, but it's so connected to all these beings and all this different level of reality. And I I I kinda wanted to come back to this idea of virginity, which I think could also be known as chastity. And I think this is very misconstrued. And maybe you'd have something to say on this to me, it quite literally means a refinement of sexual energy, somebody who has purified, like when you have like, you know, a virgin olive oil, you know, it's perfectly refined. So it's not about repression. And it doesn't necessarily mean they've never engaged in sex. It means it's in a very conscious and refined way, I think, for me. But I'd love to hear your perspective.
1: Yes. The concept of, of the Parthenos, the Holy Virgin, that's the Greek term, or Alma, you know, is, is a term, I believe that's a Hebrew term. Um, these are referring to women or girls who were raised or taught how to contain their sexual energies, their vital sexual energies, for only very specific purposes, either to engage in one or more of these conception practices, or simply to hold the energy um, as a means of allowing themselves to walk around as a higher vibrational holy being that would have gotten dissipated Have they engaged with phallic penetration or any kind of sexual discharge, right? Mm -hmm. So um, originally, you know, the concept really does mean, in a sense, whole unto oneself in the holy holy sense of it, in the priestess sense of it. What happened, what, and a lot of the girls in ancient Greece were virgins when they would serve various Mm -hmm. gods and so forth. What happened was that particularly in Christianity, the parthenos function got imposed on all women who were supposed to use Mother Mary as a model, but they didn't understand that the virginity component had to go along with all of these other trainings and that there was a specific practice um, and purpose for it it got turned into, like you're saying, sexual repression and control of women. So it got inverted, it got distorted, it got turned into, it got used in the holy orders, but without any of the other benefits that would have accrued to these women. So nunneries, mm-hmm. where it's it's just simply your sexuality is cut off, repressed, right. Uh, distorted, subverted, just like in the mail orders where these these things went on. Um, So, yeah, um, virginity has become a bad word for most people, right? Like who Mm -hmm. wants to be a virgin? Who wants to be associated with that? It has to do with control of my body, um, dismissal of my sexual energy. And one of the interesting things that I really came to understand that as Mary was doing that weaving that conception ritual, she was in a high state of erotic power. Mm -hmm. All of these women had to be Mm -hmm. sexual power is required to generate the stimulation of the womb Mm -hmm. and the actual conception process. I would even say that the orgasm is part of the conception.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So It was never even uh, about sexual suppression of mother Mary as a virgin, Um, but this is how these things become used again with negative consequences to control and distort people. And then because of the suppression and the distortion, it becomes a place whereby these negative entities can come in and take over a person. Right. On And sexual energy can be used in various ways. And that's a topic we could go into, but I'll just pause there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I would argue that most people on this earth, great intentions, but I mean, we were born into a place where I would argue the whole concept of sexuality has been hijacked by different astral That's layers right. and beings, and actually yeah. working towards these these mystery traditions again. Which I mean, it's the age of Aquarius; it's all out in the open. If we want to see it, no one. It's not under. I mean, it is underground in a way, but it's not. It's there for whoever wants to find. In my opinion,
1: yes. Um. So eyes are being opened. Yeah. The veils are coming off. Yeah. And what was in, the, in plain sight is now suddenly being seen. I mean, can you think about it, Felicia?
0: Mm.
1: Hello, for 2,000 years, uh, virgin birth has been at the core of Christianity. And prior to that, the Hebrew tradition was Sarah, as you're mm-hmm. saying, and others. Yet we've gone unconscious around yeah. it deliberately because a program was put into us to be unconscious and not seeing about it because these religions depend on it for their fuel, but they don't want people to know too much about it or really get hip to what it's actually about because then we would become empowered again. So it's this, this, it's been this bizarre thing of a reality and fact that has existed, but that has been veiled and we can't really see it or get conscious to it until, you know, 2001 when i had that revelation okay right and you know there have been other people talking about divine birth like claire hart song she and i were getting information at the same time me on the academic level she on the channeling level and there, there, you know there probably have been others but um in terms of especially talking about the holy family of Q- christianity all of a sudden the veil started kind of coming off you know like right around 2000, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and that time, um, the early 2000 decade, it's bizarre, Mm -hmm. but it's also very exciting because it's like, wow, you know, like you think there's nothing new and there's nothing new to discover. And then when you start realizing that these things start popping up in front of your face, you realize there's so much to talk about and uncover and resurrect
0: mm-hmm. absolutely and I think a lot of it is becoming it's us moving from we're like I would argue most of humanity is very mechanical we're run by even when we think it's our free like a lot of things are running us and that includes very much our sexual energy and how we bring people into the world it's in a very mechanical nature and um you know, I wanted to bring, you know, in your book, you talked a bit about this, this, it was really mystified me, I thought about it a lot, like, Mary's menstruation, the blood not touching the earth, and it got me really thinking about what I've heard about these, it, I've heard from people who have conceived alchemically, meaning there was no uh, ejaculation involved, and um, and these are these are things that people are doing they're just not talking about it there are people in this world doing that bringing high level humans here um but i thought if if humanity at large is run by their mechanical nature which is seen in the moon the idea is to overcome the lunar bodies the moon the
1: the mechanical
0: nature We are menstrual cycle, which is beautiful. And I love it. It moves in a mechanical way once a month It moves with the moon. I have a theory that when someone really works past their lunar mechanical nature, that a woman could ovulate at will. That's That's my feeling.
1: I totally agree with you. Let me draw that out a little bit. Yeah. As I started writing this book and the one of the very first chapters where I talk about The woman Lori, who did have a spontaneous conception, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who was a breatharian, and my friend and colleague Angela de la Agua, who's felt very called karmically to the divine birth path on whatever level, and she practices a lot of fasting in which she no longer menstruates but doesn't lose weight. She's not an anorexic. Mm -hmm. I started realizing. And then I heard some other aspects of this from um, Raymond Bernard, who reported on a woman named Patia or Pataya in South America who said that you wanted to have like this really strict vegetarian diet, because your menstruation would cease, because not because you were getting too thin, but because you were no longer needing to purify. So As soon as you unhook from the menstrual cycle, naturally, not with these unbelievable pharmaceuticals that they're doing now,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's a complete inversion of this. Once you naturally detach from the menstrual cycle, you detach from the lunar cycle. Because originally, without artificial light, women would ovulate with the full moon. Mm-hmm. And menstruate with the new moon. I did a, a whole bunch of research mm-hmm. on that. But what I what I started realizing is that you need to unhook from the lunar energy. So again, you can be available to other astral energy because when the women are conceiving, they are conceiving from the star realms. Right. So they need to not be interfered with by the lunar cycle calendar and energy in order to reach out. So Mother Mary had a really strict diet. She probably was a breatharian. It is said that she survived on the food of angels. So that's telling us she may have been a breatharian. She may have been, you know, just Mm -hmm. with prana and all that. Already, she was having a restricted diet by her mother, Anne, in, in in Anne's temple bedroom. So probably akin to the Essenes, and they probably were Essenes. And the Essenes are known to have only eaten bread and water. So um, I had also become aware of these conversations that what is the moon? Yes. (laughs) There are a lot of people in the disclosure movement saying that the moon is some kind of constructed satellite. Mm. That's why it doesn't rotate. That's why it's perfectly round rather than the other moons that are all misshapen Mm -hmm. and so forth. And that there are various inhabitations on there, negative and positive. Mm -hmm. So this moon that we've been brought up to think was the friend of women (laughs) may not be the friend of women and may have just come in to control their menstrual cycles right my my feeling
0: i've thought so much about the moon because of this and my feeling is just like these ancient texts have a body um a spirit and a soul so does so do the planetary bodies. so there's the moon the physical moon i mean it's from research i feel like it's a natural body that's been hijacked afterwards like i don't think it was artificially made i think it's a natural body that's then been very hijacked and meddled with just like our mechanical nature has been hijacked and meddled with as well um but the idea if you go into any i'm also an astrologer so this like goes into all my work but if you if you go into the esoterics behind the moon the moon is something to overcome, and y- exactly what you said, pulling these beings, you have to have overcome your in your interior lunar qualities to conceive. And yeah. this, I actually think, this is out there for people. Like, there is a path that people can take. There are probably many paths in many different Buddhist tradition, many different traditions. It will show you there is an inner path that you can overcome the lunar
1: qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we don't need the menstrual cycle in order to be able to be fertile and conceive so that if you become a breatharian or you have a restricted diet that does not make you have to purge your womb material again, yes, you can conceive at will or drop the egg at will And that's what this is all about as part of the technologies that these high level priestesses would engage in, and it would allow a different type of being to come in. So what I'm getting in the moment is that the lunar conception will always bring in a reincarnating soul that's being recycled. Mm -hmm. Whereas some woman who's disengaged from the lunar energy, from the lunar cycle, the lunar menstrual pattern... And can bring in more of a star being you know she's she's able to bring in more of a star being, and this also corresponds with what Lisa renee you know the Oracle of oracles who's been saying on her energetic synthesis site for years. Um, that we really have to watch out for this lunar energy It it's just it's just not been a friendly force on the planet and whether it's that it's initially corrupt corrupt or that it's been hijacked as you're saying this is definitely bringing us into big questions Mm -hmm. about the moon about the control of our moods about the control of our Mm -hmm. menstrual cycles about the control of our tides etc etc and it's just another added to the pile of what's going on here questions
0: yes and i also think it could be brought back to this idea of chastity and virginity as maybe not necessarily that you've had sex or not, but this idea of a complete, not only refinement of sexual energy, but a mastery, a conscious mastery over it. Because think about it. Our, If our lunar qualities, if our mechanical qualities of our sexual energy, just talking down to the menstrual cycle, is it works like a clock, certain hormones release, they talk to those, it's not really consciously being done. But imagine if you are chaste, if you are a virgin in this way, not this old way that we think of those words in this weird Christian way, but if you're truly chaste, if you are a master over your sexual energy, then you can release those hormones at will. That's there right. you go. There's the ovulation. It's a That's- mastery down to the physical hormonal level. That's
1: right. Because you know what? What I get is that the big one of the biggest problems we have had as humans is the tampering with our hybriding and biological material to to require or inject the hormones into the situation. Right. That has messed us up. Talk about having the good angel and the bad angel on your shoulder. You you know that you don't want to engage in a certain thing, but you're so pulled. How many of us have entered into sexual misery programs because of our hormones? And then all of a sudden we're sleeping with that that person getting into all sorts of messed up stuff. And it's just leading nowhere. So, you know, all of this stuff le- needs to be cleaned up. Then we have the whole porn industry and, you know, all the entities that come in through pornography. It's just crazy um, how that relates also to pedophilia and how it relates to sexual abuse. We could and go transhumanism. On. And transhumanism, which is now the recontouring of the human form and the like, let's operate on this and that and change it all up. So, you know, we're talking about not a surgical reordering of our bodies, not a pharmaceutical reordering of our bodies, but a spiritual
0: yes. mastery
1: of yes. our body and spirit to return us to the original human template that probably didn't have so many of these pesky things going on. Right, right. I think there's there's really, it's
0: time to be that's why I, I love your book so much i love what you're doing because it's time to be talking and actually i have to say you're quite brave because you went out there and you're talking about something but actually it's being received i will, from my perspective it's being received so well and people are like yes wow you're saying it's putting something together that i actually think is so relevant to yeah. every single person on this planet right now
1: that's why i'm involved in it <laughs> But look at- Look at it. It almost took 20 years from the time that I received the information to it getting out there. In 2009 and 10, my other books came out to some people who really got it. Academics have not touched it at all. Yeah, of course. (laughs) They They can't dismiss it because it's so well argued, but they don't (laughs) really know what to do with it. And then finally, the timing came right with this book. I got my book contract right when a certain illness was supposedly uh being injected into the whole entire planet imagine uh, right end of march 2020 2020 right so you know the there are cosmic timings here right those of us who are these spirit workers who have these missions are alert to what we need to be doing at any given time. And there are many of us, you are one, you know, there are others who are listening. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage everybody to keep to your timings, and follow your instincts as to what you're supposed to be doing at any given time.
0: Yeah, only intuition's going to lead now because the mind has no idea what's going on. I mean, <laughs> it's absolute chaos. So That's you're right. just gonna have to follow your impulses right now, especially since this time since 2020, I would say, right. um, there's like there's nothing else you can do um no but yeah and i wanted to talk well actually i don't know i don't think to share in so much detail but i have this i had this past life memory and i want to say that this comes with no help from plant medicines no this is just from um astral traveling basically but this past life experience of and I I had this and I want to say it was 2018 I had this and it was crazy because before I went to sleep that night I was actually struggling with something in life I, I was struggling over envy actually over like a serious energy um or pride like a little bit of this and I asked said please show me the root of this and it took me to ancient Egypt, and I, I had no, I have never read about mist. I maybe heard the word mystery. I'd never read about it. I didn't know there were sexual rituals. I knew, I want you to say like when I had this dream, I knew nothing, nothing of these concepts. And I was in this ISIS school. I saw my life from about age to four to 13 in this life. And I sort of knew what happened after, but I was born into some sort of, temple culture. And, and I was, you know, emanating ISIS. And it was all fun when I was little, and I didn't even see boys, we were the girls were with the girls. And then they took us into this temple, when we were about 13, and told us what sex was and explained that we would never have a family, but we were going to do this for these, for the gods. And so it was there's so much more detail I can go into, but I'm not going to use this podcast to do it. But it was then where I thought, oh, oh, my god, okay sex has been, u- sex is, sex is the key, <laughs> it's the yeah. key. I think I kind of knew that before. I actually did know that before, but I, I wasn't shown it in this way. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's people finding this path again in this yeah. world and um, yeah, I would love to hear, yeah, how, maybe in your own words, how working with our sexual energy is important now.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, that's a fascinating memory that you had, a fascinating dream. And I always trust people, I always tell people to trust dreams they've been receiving or impressions. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why am I suddenly having an imagination about this whole thing? Yeah. Write it down mm-hmm. because that's yeah. probably a past life memory and that's precious. It's not just you making stuff up. Um, So, um, but, so your question was about sexual energies. Yeah, how
0: it's important, like how it's important to to become conscious of this now.
1: Yeah, because it's one of the strongest, most powerful energies that you can receive and emanate from any of your chakras.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So love energy is one, you know, vocal energy is another sexual energy is another. Mm -hmm. And ideally, like I'm saying, what I'm receiving strongly is you want to have all of them united (laughs) before you do anything. Because if you have sexual energy being emanated or being worked with, without connecting to the other chakras, it's probably going to be out of whack, right? Some level, or it's going to be subject to other entities coming in on the wavelength of it. Right. All right. So again, it, it, it has to do with a whole re-education of the human being Mm -hmm. about the uses of the body, mind, spirit, the uses of the energy, the uses of desire energy, the use of orgasmic energy. Like what do you do as your getting the desire stimulated, what do you do when the desire is releasing, you know, out into the universe? There's, there's so much, how can that energy be harnessed for other things? Like a lot of people talk about bringing it up the Kundalini track. There are men who don't ejaculate and they bring that energy into their body, mind, spirit for their nourishment. Right. Right. You know, um montauk chia i think is talking about mm-hmm. various things like this there are many other people there are traditions ancient traditions um about this this is a whole education that is, is is has really gone missing and has deliberately again been veiled because these beings want to be able to harvest our energy they don't want us to know how to consciously use it because they want to get their louche out of whatever <laughs> it is that they're doing right through the distorted acts, the distorted thought forms that go along with it, right, shame, um, you know, all of the, the violence and the pain and whatever, all of this that has gotten tied into this is food for certain of these energies. So of course they love it. Right. They want to encourage as much problematic sexual use of energy on the planet as possible. Right. And they act through us. They do. That's, they possess us. Yeah. Right. For good and bad. You right. can allow yourself to be possessed. You can be possessed and not even know you're being possessed sexually. Right. And that is what happens a lot with people who become child abusers because they were abused. There's an entity that has gone into them right. that acts. sometimes half the time they don't even know what's going on. Right. And so you know, there's just a lot that can happen in the sexual energy domain that we're starting to lift the veils on and understand the good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Right.
0: And maybe you, maybe you have a perspective on this, but in in a lot of these, if, for anybody who studies any ancient esoteric um, tradition, you will learn that the blood is the holder of sexual energy. So, you know, I don't want to pick sides or tell people what to do, but altering the blood is in fact, altering the core sexual energy. Maybe you have something to sh- share about blood at all. It was shared a little bit
1: with- remains, The blood yeah. that remains. Yeah, I mean, I've never quite looked at this question. Can I just take a moment too? Yeah, of course. Well, part of the issue with human blood is that it's iron-based, and that's a problem right there, Right, and that was a manipulation, because if you look at someone like Valiant Thor, these stories about Valiant Thor, who's this incarnation of uh, Venusian being or whatever, apparently, according to what's written about him, he had a copper-based or something like that, different and that was with Venus, that's why Venus is, I'm getting right now, that's why Venus is connected with copper. The copper would be the, f- the flow of the blood, and that creates a different energy, but with humans, with the connection to iron, which is the basis metal, um, we got a problem, Houston, about that, all right, and what I'm getting right now is that what you want to do is you want to bring your vibration to the level of gold. You want to bring your blood yes. to the level of gold or platinum, even. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there would be mystery techniques for evolving out of the iron-based system. And so it's hilarious what I'm getting right now is they're like, "Take your iron tablets," <laughs> you know. And it's like, yeah, you know with all your other pharmaceuticals that are going to keep you dumbed down and your fluoride, right. It's going to cover your third eye. Let's just get all the bases covered. Keep that iron going in your bloodstream. Um, so, you know, I started getting this information about iron a while ago and it's like, oh, poor iron. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like fairies don't do well with iron and, um, we have to really look at the iron base as well as the lunar effects. And, you know, right. all these things that we consider to be naturally human, we have to look at when and how was that hybrided into us and who did it for what purposes and how Gosh. do we genetically change our DNA and change our bodies? Um, you know, and a lot of people are saying out of cris- uh, carbon based into crystalline based. Yeah. So let gold run through your blood yes. instead of iron. That's number one. Yeah, it's another question. I I can look at it. Yeah, and also,
0: well, it was going back to I feel like there's two paths of evolution or de evolution. And this all has to do with how we alter our DNA, if we're going to do it from within, from from raising the Kundalini from working on this inner path from from using from for mastering desire and, and refining sexual energy, or Are we gonna do it through manipulation? Are you gonna allow your DNA? Because the DNA and the blood, this is what attracts certain spirits into our being and we're creator beings. So what, you know?
1: Because blood is used as a sacrificial element precisely to bring in energies into the body. Exactly. And this is why menstrual blood became a problem in temples and things like that, because a menstruating woman be attached to by spirits and all this hate to say it you know um right so it's become a problem and so you want to you you want to have a different thing and yes i think what you're saying is there are many different tools and techniques for refining everything about the body from the blood to the sexual energy to the thought forms to the emotions to the light that you're emitting and you know all of that many, many different techniques that are are coming back into awareness that are very ancient. And that it really, what I'm getting is it, it is not as difficult as people think to change their, to change themselves, yeah change their body, mind, spirit, to change themselves genetically, mm-hmm. okay? That there are many different tools and techniques from the inner body thought forms to visualizations of various things, to sounding, Mm-hmm. Um, right? Mm-hmm. To light, use of light, uh, to use of crystals, you know, there's various things, mm-hmm. um, you know, what you ingest, etc. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can alter ourselves back to our divine human blueprint. Exactly. We're, we're right at the point where we can. What they're trying to do, this is what I'm receiving as an oracle, yeah. right? Now. What they're trying to do is get us to the point of no return where mm-hmm. they alter us so much. They genetically alter us so much that we can't grab ourselves back.
0: Right. We're kind we're of at that last bit.
1: Last bit. And people know what we're talking about of what they're mm-hmm. starting to in the human body because they don't want, but even those getting this stuff in the human body, can still do it which is why they're having you have to do it five times and however many times on into the future as a way of life now whatever right. but they can not it can't quite hook you know mm-hmm. and this is like a big experiment that it can't quite hook so um we 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 really want to be aware of what other substances we're putting into our blood yes
0: exactly exactly yeah and because i think it's it's this path of um we're like n- all of us were born into a world where we're like roughly 97 percent mechanical and three percent like divinely conscious and i'd say you at that point you can move like we can hopefully i i hope to i know you intend to and probably a lot of people listen to to get more and more and more conscious and divine but yeah. that last three percent you're just becoming the more you add on, the more mechanical mechan- that 3% is going to become even smaller, where you're just
1: basically an android. Yeah, well, that's what they're again. We know that's what they're trying to do, right? Various means, right? It's, it's horrific. Um, but we have to take a breath, mm-hmm. and those of us who are who care about this, who are in the reality stream in which this is real. Just get busy with your own body, mind, spirit and work yourself, receive your own teachings about what you're supposed to do. Share them with others, go out on research and find out what's been done before. What are some of the ancient tools and techniques and just do it. Right,
0: and and meditate and be a master over your domain. Figure uh-huh. out, just put the time that you can and become a master over your domain. That, I mean, that is the only thing that's going to, that's going to get us out of this mess. And I would, I'd also like to say, um, you know, I think some people, if this is new to them, all these concepts, especially women, because, you know, I'm, I've, i my whole life has been in women's spaces, which I love, which I love. And, you know, uh, I love my menstrual cycle, and I'm worshiping the moon, and that's, and I love all that. Yes, I respect the moon so much. It's like a big karmic time clicker like I get it it's it's intense to overcome I respect it and and my menstrual cycle I respect it a lot but I think um we're moving into this time where people might take what we're saying and be like, but I was conceived in a very unconscious way and maybe my child was as well. Your child could still be special and same with you because we still have this divine blueprint. But I think for us who are bringing in children or or not bringing in children but you know um moving humanity forward, even if we were not conceived in conscious ways, we can refine our own being and then just like this whole lineage of birth it didn't start with mary and jesus it was going on for a while refining 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 and i think that's what we can take upon ourselves now you can still have a child who's super special who you conceived on accident you know they maybe they came in at a really special astrological alignment for sure like your child you're special you might be doing this work and who knows how you were conceived but we have this power um
1: yeah. Yeah. The star seeds do seem to still be coming in. Yeah. Despite not having full knowledge on planet earth of all of these tools, techniques, and, and so forth regarding conception. Mm-hmm. So it is happening. Mm-hmm. There is a process because we are working in har- in harmony with various federations and star beings that are trying to inculcate themselves ethically. And those of us who are star seeds are remembering, and we parachute in on these missions. It's not very, um, it's very risky because we know that we can be shot down, shot up, traumatized to hell,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not even remember our mission by mm-hmm. the time we leave the body. But many more of us are remembering our missions. And sometimes the trauma is what actually awakens us to our missions. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing we know we're going to go into this paradoxical weird thing, and we just have to awaken into it. Like, oh, okay, okay, right, right, right. And then we have to still go through the human life, like Jesus and Mary did. You know, it wasn't that right. fun. They were still dealing with you know going to the bathroom, and they were still dealing with right. you know issues of community and all of this stuff. They weren't exempt from it. Right. They were just trying their best. To, to be successful in that arena. And so we all are. And, you know, as we go through this awakening in service to our missions, we are awakening our souls and returning to our own divinity. So it's like a real high level initiation that's going on. It's a, it's a really high level opportunity right now on the planet. It is challenging. Oh because yeah. We're all still dealing with the emotional layers. Right and in a
0: very dense and chaotic time. I, right. I think the people who are here who even remotely remember, we're hardcore.
1: Like, That's right. I'm like. We what? are hardcore. We're, yeah, we're like, I got a will of, you know, whatever, iron, if you will. Ex- yeah, exactly. Put a heart of gold, right? Exactly. And so.
0: crystifying and crystallining these going from lunar to solar that's, that's what right. it is going from lunar to solar. gold is solar gold
1: is solar and it's not just masculine
0: yeah totally totally and you i know, think all of this planet. applies to to the men too yeah for sure and their sperm and and their consciousness and their such this is like for everyone it
1: is it mm-hmm. is and and you know, people in female born bodies are going through one type of initiation, people in male born bodies are going through another. And then we have, you know, other people who are in ambiguous situations um, Mm -hmm. that are not, you know, necessarily definable, which is a whole other story. But, you know, there is a lot going on right now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well,
0: thank you so much. And I just wanted to, if there's any other uh thing you wanted to bring up before we close but i also also in addition to that i always ask if there's any piece of wisdom i mean there was so much there but if there's any piece of wisdom you want to leave people with i am going to i know there's many ways to work with you um i'm gonna link all your stuff in the show notes your book your website i highly i mean anybody who feels a calling to work with you or to read your book i I cannot recommend it enough. And I wouldn't just say that,
1: you know, that's why I have you here. So, so appreciate it. Um, I I will like look in on an Oracle level. Did you want me to just mention maybe a couple of key offerings that people might? Sure. Yeah, definitely. So there are, there is my mother Mary mystery teachings, which will give you the mother load about mother Mary, who she was and who you are in relation to her, how she can be your teacher and healer. Um, there's the Holy Womb Chakra teachings, which is getting into these technologies, these mantras and yantras to purify your womb. Um, it's open to people of all gender identities. And then there is my my newest course, which is Heal Yourself and Our World by Reclaiming Guinevere, Arthur, the Fae, and the Round Table. Mm. And that weaves in all of these mysteries that we've been talking about mm. With Guinevere and and Arthur being emanations of the Christ Mary energy as the last living born truly Christo Sophia energies on the planet before things went dark, but they're awakening again. And so we can awaken with them and we can use their teachings, uh, which are very much connected in with the fairy lineages, which are the interdimensional cousins to us. Right. who also are teachers in the regard of how can we lighten up our bodies right mm-hmm. so that's that's available too um thank you so much for allowing me to share that with people if you just go to seven sisters mystery you know you'll find all this stuff um but let me shall I just tune in for a minute yeah
0: any last piece of wisdom tune
1: in So all of this today is just meant to stimulate the fascination within people about anything we've been talking about, stimulate the curiosity or validate what people already do know with an encouragement for for everyone to dig deeper, go further find out more what this is about, and receive the information directly. Mm
0: -hmm. Again,
1: you can tune in and receive your teachings of what you need to do at any given moment to advance in any of the ways that we're suggesting. You can do it yourself by going into your meditations and and just asking, and you can ask beings like the Blessed Mother Mary, the Magdalene, the Christed Master to help you, or, or anyone else you know of, and trust is an, an emanation of true love, light, and wisdom. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so this is really about the empowerment of every single pair of ears and eyes that has been listening to this uh, on into the future. And just, there's a blessing being offered and a cheering on Mm. and a message that there's there's always support for you. There's always support for you to navigate what seems like a dangerous time, but to come through it with grace and to experience greater joy and love. Oh, thank you so
0: much, Marguerite. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for what you do and for sharing all this and bringing all this to light you're really, honestly, one of a kind, and hopefully there'll be
1: more, more coming. (laughs) Thank you, thank you for having me, Felicia, and for what you are doing as well, and uh, it all sounds very exciting, and I know there's much ahead for you. Thank you so much.